Queens of Adventure is made possible through the support of listeners like you who support the show on Kickstarter and Patreon. Thanks to Season 1 sponsor, Russell Bloomdale. And now, the conclusion of Episode 16. You are in a circular marble room held captive by the Glamazons in an impenetrable magic bubble. Before you is the Glamazon Inquirer, Rigo Kalis, wearing black robes embroidered with gold and a featureless reflective mask. For the last hour, he's been questioning you about your adventures and your motivation for coming to this side of Fire Island, culminating in the question, What do you know about the Queens of Adventure? A question to which you had no response. I think I've heard all I need to. Uh, we're going to end this inquiry soon. Before I do, are there any other statements or questions? After that, I will have a statement myself about what happens next. Uh, but for now, do any statements or questions from you? I wonder if... Can we call upon a witness? Who would you wish to call upon? Richard. Ranger Richard. Ranger Richard. Ah, it, you know, it's interesting. I was actually going to use him as an uh, object lesson for my closing statement. So it's interesting you bring him up. Maybe I should just let you continue if that was your intent sure i told you that we would be circling back to the ranger richard issue uh ranger richard is currently undergoing a process we call rebeautification it is a rigorous and cleansing process involving shall we say solitary contemplation re-education and community service you see ranger richard even though he is one of us and we love him dearly broke one of our laws and I hope you understand that for the Glamazons, we have survived for a thousand years because we are true to our code and our system of laws. We do not stray from our code when it is convenient, even if in the moment we think it might serve the greater good. In the face of invasion, calamity, and chaos, we have held on to our principles and we have endured. Now, you come before us having broken our laws, laws established by the legendary queens. The Glamazons were founded by members of House Aubergine, by House Wunderbred, and House Molestrongle, with the express purpose of preserving the legacy of the Great Queens after the corruption of the Weave of Magic and the spreading taint, which was a cataclysm <laughs> that destroyed drag culture for generations. The Glamazons have lived on this island for a thousand years, waiting for worthy queens to bring the Ice Scepter to us and claim their legacy. So far, many have tried, but none have proven worthy. And from what we've observed, the decisions you've made since you arrived on the island do not lead me to believe that you have the potential to rise to that challenge. Do you have anything to say to the contrary? Remember that we had we had the scepter. And we lost it when we got shipwrecked. Because of the crack. Exactly. That's what's interesting hearing hearing this information, because frankly, this information that's being presented to us about the Glamazons is new, to me at least. And to hear that there is perhaps some sort of foretold arrival of folks with a scepter. With an icy scepter. Um, is frankly uh quite in line with the journey that we have had so far i mean how many times have journeyers arrived at this place with an icy scepter or at least come close to arriving on this island with an icy scepter if you can give us 24 hours to seek out the <sighs> ice crystal scepter will you oh um God. give us time to do that before you um pass your pass judgment, your judgment and potentially 
reconsider your verdict. Do we think we can find this in 24 hours? Doesn't Let's ask for more time than 24 hours because Frey just threw that out there as an arbitrary. I understand what you're saying. I hear you. Possession of the scepter is a, a physical requirement to enter the vault of Dame Celia Moulestrongle, one of the founders of the Glamazons. Excuse you. <laughs> but there is another component, which is we will fight to the death to prevent anyone who is not worthy from entering. Would you outline what it is that makes a queen worthy? Oh, I would love to. (laughs) So a worthy queen excels in the beautiful arts, is of extraordinary character, and has demonstrated the potential to become legendary. A legendary queen can come from anywhere, can be anyone. Through mastery of their craft, they draw upon the powers of creation to uplift and inspire others. It was through supporting one another and improving the lives of the people they encountered that the legendary queens were themselves inspired and empowered to transcend the limits of the physical and magical realm and change the rules of the world. Is there a right of testing or proving of a legendary queen? You know, we do have actually several of those, but we're way past that point now, so we are not going to be subjecting you but to But you're those. only now telling me what qualifies a, a legendary queen. Your trial began the moment you arrived. We've been observing you since you first arrived on the island, and you have failed to pass the trials that you yourselves agreed to undertake. You haven't been faithful or particularly helpful to the people who were counting on you in their time of need. Is there any task that we might be able to perform to redeem ourselves i don't feel like we have time for that like yeah. the 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 seismic activity is like getting i, I still want to know if there's any know. any activity that we can perform in order to redeem ourselves and put ourselves back in good standing with clams i'm kind of just having feelings that i'm just like if y'all think you're better than everyone i don't really want to be a part of this it's not a matter of better or worse it's a matter of life and death we keep the promises and agreements we make because when someone violates their word there are consequences. At this time, I would ask that my clerk call up the Glamabird memory recorded earlier today at the Golden Palace. The clerk reaches again for that bowl with one hand and back towards the bird with another, and you see uh, another scene appearing in the mist uh, above the water. This time you're looking from the perspective of a Glamabird that circles overhead at the Golden Palace. Two children, Chaz and a dark-haired little girl, sit at a table on the balcony, playing with Trixie LaBouche dolls. The table is covered in maps and plans. From inside, Ramshackle brings out mugs of warm cocoa and puts a blanket over Chaz, while Beltry paces nervously, looking out towards the sea. Down below, at the entrance of the casino... Posters for field hockey, the frock opera, are stuck in the landscaping shrubberies. A tattered banner hangs over the front of the building, one side loose and blowing in the wind. Welcome back, Booty and the Hofish. The doors of the Golden Palace suddenly slam open, and the concierge and Lear charge out, hauling a bag full of heavy ballista bolts. They hurry down the steps of the casino to the beach where Patrick and Karen load the bolts into an enormous ballista. Karen yanks back on the winch and then releases it, firing the bolt out over the sea spawn, swarming the beach. The concierge and Lear continue dragging the ammunition across the sand, passing Carmela Lemaire. She's tending to Brimley, the tabaxi gambler, who's lying on his side and wincing as she rubs a healing salve into a wound. 
The concierge glances up as they drag the bolts past a large crane. Patty, the cheater, dangles from a cable and fires stones from a slingshot at the undead as they advance. The concierge and Lear pass the lifeguard tower next, just as Jim Jim loads a cannon. Before he can fire, a wave of sea spawn swarm up over the structure, and Jim Jim is buried in a writhing mass of undead. They pile on top of him, and a strip of leather falls to the sand at the base of the lifeguard tower. Attached to it is a buckle that glints in the sun, bearing the image of a winged buffalo. They haul the bolts past Chernobyl next. She's guarding a gap in a barricade of broken surfboards, and a cluster of sea spawns slash at her with rusty weapons. Her armor, corroded and weakened from the combat in the archive, cracks, and then the plate over her shoulder shatters and falls to the ground as her arm is torn loose from its socket. Over at the charred remains of the pirate ship playground, the concierge and Lear deliver their ballista bolts to Lamont Dupont and two dwarves. As Lamont loads the ballista, a speedy eel-like sea spawn slithers up the beach, grabs one of the dwarves, and drags him back towards the sea. The concierge leaps forward to stop them, but a rough spike suddenly shoots directly through his chest and he collapses lifeless to the sand. A sea spawn pufferfish covered in poisoned quills floats in the air above him. It turns, and the image in the mist is obscured by a spray of thick, searing acid. The glama bird through whose eyes you've been watching spirals down, crashing into the sand. Its vision grows dim. The last thing you see of the battle is the foot of the dwarf being dragged away. Upon the foot are scrawled your autographs. The mist goes dark, and the Inquirer sits back. You see, this is why we have our code of beauty. This is why we act toward one another in good faith. I understand where you're coming from. I understand you have your excuses. The facts of the matter are clear that you have violated our laws. You will be brought before the beautificent judges. They will all advise our leader, Lady Essence, as to what is to be done with you. I will have an opportunity at that point to make a recommendation, and that recommendation will be based on our conversation before you are taken in for final judgment. For now, I'm going to take the notes I've made during this inquiry. I'm going to prepare my recommendation. We'll have one final conversation before judgment happens. Is, is any of this unclear? No. no. This is clear. All right. This inquiry is adjourned. I'm going to cry. <laughs> the inquirer stands. The door slides open. Glamazons in white robes file silently in and remove the items from the desk. They remove the desk itself and the stool. They leave the room. The Inquirer turns back to you, removes an hourglass from their robes, and places it on the ground, grains of sand starting to spill down towards the bottom. So you have some time before the hourglass is drained, before the Inquirer returns for a final statement. What do you do? Are we still stuck in the bubble? You're still in the bubble. I'm going to eat my feelings and grab a berry. And I'm going to grab like a berry and sleep and take as much of a long rest as I can. Uh, Harlot uh, dozes off amongst all the, the pillows. Do you want to crawl into like Butylene's uh, <laughs> fort? I'm in a lonely corner. You're in a lonely <laughs> corner. Uh, you have some time to plan for, for your next move, for what you're going to do. I'm going to prepare myself for death. <laughs> what is your preparation for death? Um, I'm just going to... Um, Beautify myself. You're going to use shape water to make a watery wig. and Just massage my scalp and my face. Hydration. My decolletage, my arms. It's the end. 
I'm coming home, Mama. Are you conferring at all about what you're going to say when the Inquirer returns? I feel like we should bring up a point about the scepter. Sorry, what, what, what is the point about the scepter? The scepter is like the true proving that if you have the scepter, someone will come to the scepter, with the scepter to the island, like a group of people will come to the island with but the we scepter. Didn't, we didn't We've come. already presented that information yeah. to them. Mm-hmm. It's also disheartening, too, that like they uh, watched all this happen. And, and did didn't, nothing. And didn't do anything. And they feel like it's, that's okay as well. Yeah, which makes me also like, uh, you know, question wanting to have them as allies either. So (laughs) it's very confusing. I think I think it's fair to say that we've made some questionable decisions along the way. But who gives a shit about legacy and history and preservation of all of that stuff when it's going to be destroyed when it's going to be completely destroyed and laws are great but like when there is something much larger at stake than that it's it's it takes it takes a certain kind of individual to say "Mm, i see what you're saying but we need to make contact in order to be able to solve this problem yeah i mean like my ideal situation would be to you know even though i am having like moral objections to this like uh law code like that's not for me to say like i'm a visitor on this island we need to like defeat the arch devil who's trying to blow up the island with the volcano uh we also need to defeat the uh kraken priest who's making zombies and barb like the middle management who's trying to like take his boss's job. But my inclination is still to make allies with the Glamazons and give them my mutagen to like create an army to destroy this like Kraken threat. The fact of the matter remains that the entire future of the island is at stake and we are the closest connection to a possible solution to this problem. And like it or not, one way or another, whether or not laws were broken, the fact of the matter is that there is something larger at stake and we we are the link to solving that problem. No, that's fair. You're the mouthpiece. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So as you rest, you watch those last few grains slip through the narrow part of the hourglass. And as soon as they do, you hear the creak of the heavy stone door sliding open again. And silhouetted against the light of the hallway, you see the Inquirer. Oh, I'm awake and standing, by the way. Greetings. Hope I'm not walking in on anything. This will be your last chance to enjoy a delicious goodberry, make any statements, ask any questions. After this, you'll be escorted to the Chamber of Judgment, judged, and the sentence will be carried out immediately. Is there anything at all you'd like to say at this time? As the mouthpiece of the group, <laughs> Arson Nikki, we you all decided you were the leader. Arson, you decided. Um, we put our dice in your hands. Um, first of all, thank you uh, for providing us with an opportunity to ask uh, questions and provide further clarifications and statements. The 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 stuff that Belfry has sent us on is secondary to us at this mm-hmm. point. This is after learning of the impending destruction of the entire island. We're not trying to pretend we're like, you know, uh, Vestal Virgins or completely like altruistic our whole time. We've had rough lives and we've made decisions that we probably regret at this point. But at this current uh, time, we are trying to do what's best for the inhabitants of this island and not blow up in a volcano ourselves. (laughs) Us us being put to death is not going to help. Oh, no, but it does... uh serve to keep our society whole and functioning. Beatley, I would like to come back to something you said. What are some of the decisions 
that you regret? I definitely regret trying to use Jim Jim as bait. That's the thing that comes to my mind. Oh my gosh, because he wound up being so nice later. Well, and regardless of if Jim Jim was like an ended up being a nice person, like even if Jim Jim ended up being a shitty person, we wouldn't have known either way going in. And that's like you know, assuming the worst about someone isn't necessarily the best course of action. So I'm right there with you on this one. I also regret not reading the books, <laughs> the archive before we lit it on fire. I think it's unfortunate that the archive was on, was lit on fire. <laughs> um, however, we were in a survival situation and I needed to do what I had to do in order to get us out of there alive. And I, like I said, that's a sad thing to see happen. And I also, with the information that I had and with needing to get out of there alive, I stand by that. Do the rest of you have anything that you regret? I regret asking Richard for a knife to defend myself in a new situation without any equipment. Being asked to climb up a tree and save a bird that I was also instructed not that I wasn't supposed to mess with. Just say you're sorry, Harlot. Sorry. <laughs> uh, can you give me a sincerity check on that? <laughs> oh my Please god. Roll <laughs> uh, 16. Moving on. <laughs> you know, honestly, um, I regret being this beautiful. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> I would like the listening audience <laughs> to know that the entire table just took a gigantic yeah. sigh and like sat back in their this chairs. This is what an I eye like, roll sounds oh like. Oh my gosh. I regret <laughs> um, playing I, with Freya I love right now. I regret trying to um, kill Jim Jim because he's actually really nice and I like him. I'm sorry. Harlot, is there anything you regret about Pomeranians? I've already sufficiently apologized <laughs> about everything but the Pomeranian. Deception check on that. You had to apologize? roll deception for I your apology. I can't recall hearing, I'm sorry. I am <laughs> so sorry about the Pomeranian. It was completely terrible of me to throw it into that fiery pit and then to neglect it every time that I've seen it since. I just didn't know where it was coming from and I felt scared. And uncertain. You've already said that that's not the case, so uh, you're unable to speak those words. Just gibberish falls out of your mouth. Uh, yeah, we're not perfect. We haven't made, uh, you know, ideal decisions all along the way. You know, I feel like we have shown regret for some of our decisions. You have no reason to trust us, but we also have no reason to lie to you at this point. In fact, we're you not have allowed us, to lie. In fact, it's yeah, impossible. We're, we're trapped in your bubble of truth. <laughs> And we are, we are telling trapped you, in your hamster ball. And we are telling you that our goal is to help every all of the inhabitants on this island. Butylene, I, I'm sorry. I know there's a, a lot of people who may want to say something. That is the most compelling argument I've heard during this entire inquiry. We all make mistakes. We all do things that we regret or wish we could do differently. Our reason for being is to find worthy queens. Queens who do things for others to inspire and uplift them and improve their lives. So before we go in for judgment, understand we are looking for something in somebody that will give us and the world hope. So if anyone has anything to say before we go to the chamber of judgment, now is your time. Can I ditch my friends uh. and just go? <laughs> just kidding. That was internal. I'm just kidding. Uh, I mean, aside from the fact that we had questionable intent. 
I think the idea is to just admit that yeah, and no, humbly I, move forward. I am absolutely guilty of all points of evidence you brought in front of me. Do what you're going to do because I have he no power. Being petulant, like I have no power to like, control anything. Just, just be I mean, humble. I, like, I think I, humility. I kind of stick to the fact that I'm not going to move from my values. You guys think you're better than everyone else. I have no intent in. Freya, you're going to get us killed or worse, I mean, expelled. I, I would much rather be judged on my own. As much as I this would, this is like a group to, challenge. I, yeah. <laughs> we're okay. Well, then fine. I'm, I'm with, I'm with. The group. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm so, I'm so with butylene right here. Like, the, like this is like the 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 information that we're bringing forth is not about it's it's not it's, it's not it's not about i mean us. i'll give you whatever information it's, you need but i don't it's not about us it's not about the glamazons it's not about the hogs it's about it's, their code of honor and they're doing everything they can to uphold it no it's not it's not about the cult code of honor it's not about any of this other stuff it's about preserving an entire land and that's what it's about. If we wanted to, if we wanted to dip and peace and like take whatever we wanted and leave, I think we could, we would be able to find a way to do that in oh, yeah. some other way. But it's not about that. It's about preserving this place. And we have absolutely made mistakes along the way. And we've absolutely made choices that go against not only the moral code of the glamazons but also any reasonable moral code period and <laughs> that's that's an objective fact but all i know personally is where we stand right now with the information that we have right now and without a doubt in my heart that greater good in this moment in time is what i'm after yeah also it's like you know we know what they believe in and we don't agree with all the glamazon's ideals and we're judging them really harshly when we're asking them to be lenient with us with their judgment precisely so i feel like all of us are coming at it with you know our own set of ideals that don't match up with theirs which is fine you know so i feel like we need to like be a lot more humble and just actually mean it that we're like we're sorry we i'm just up. gonna prostrate myself on the ground and not say anything anymore i i'm i'm i know i've made all the mistakes especially with all my roles <laughs> um, all the bad ones <laughs> like you're absolutely right i've been guilty of all the things you've charged me of mm-hmm let justice take its course and you do whatever you got to do because i'm powerless without any i mean i'm not powerless i have power good for you girl (laughs) like i have nothing other than my wits to support me and the information that we have as a party together and that's all that i have that can help and if i'm not able to help then do whatever your justice system needs to and that is apparently what that's what needs to happen for you to have life the way that you need it to inquisitor do you have our best interests at heart as a absolutely uh, not as a litigator and no God. he's already said we're criminals oh like we are God. in jail right as now. laid out at the beginning of the proceedings i am on the side of the truth i am not here to advocate for the glamazons or for your party beauty and the hoofish the findings of fact are not in question we have plenty of memories recorded in the glamour birds it is merely an understanding of the nature of your character i think we've laid out it feels like the, we're being a dead horse I, right now i think we've laid out on the table all that we have and all of our intentions and i think that speaks very highly to our character the truth the truth is at this moment we are trying to help this island absolutely yes our intent to preserve this island and all of its inhabitants is in this moment here 
right now. I think I've heard all I need to hear. The guards will be in momentarily to prepare you for judgment. If you have any uh, berries you'd like to eat, uh, if you'd like to do anything with your pillow arrangement in the meantime, please feel free. <laughs> I'm going to go masturbate furiously in the corner <laughs> and cry. <laughs> I, is would, this you, would you like a Hitachi wand? Oh, yes, please. <laughs> you hear the footsteps of guards from the hall, and they push open the door and stand there waiting. The Inquirer holds up some bracers, on their wrist, and the gleaming magical barrier pops like a soap bubble. The Inquirer gestures for you to follow them from the chamber. Surrounded by the glamorous guards, you proceed down a long marble corridor, then up a spiral staircase that winds around the inside of a tower. The stairs end in a chamber with two heavy wooden doors. The Inquirer glances back over their shoulder, then pushes the doors open and walks inside. The Chamber of Judgment is a large, marble room with ornate white pillars around the walls. In the center of the room is a raised platform facing an elevated dais on the far wall. Seated on the dais are twelve glamazon judges in resplendent purple robes, their hair perfect and towering. At the center sits, who you presume to be Lady Essence. She is beautiful. The air seems to glimmer around her, a halo of light around her, flawless features... She wears a robe made of woven gold, and her hair is sculpted to resemble the wings of a bird nestled around her face, and it is topped with a diamond tiara. Without a word, she gestures to the platform at the center of the room, and the inquirer steps up onto it. You gather behind. The judges, sitting to the side of Lady Essence, stand. The first one says, We have considered the crimes, the evidence, and the letter of the law. Our recommendation is death. One by one, each judge goes down the line, recommending death. And then the Inquirer speaks. Booty and the Hoofish have been on quite a journey. From Wunderbred Manor to Labouche Gardens to the frozen spine of the world arriving at last here on Fire Island. They came seeking treasure, a treasure of the lost houses, a treasure of the legendary queens. Whether they came seeking riches or glory or power matters little, for when they arrived, they were thrust immediately into crisis. The living dead overrun the shores. The volcanoes, for which the island is known, rumble ominously. The honored outside guests of the Golden Palace looked to Booty and the Hoefish, first for valor in battle, then for inspiration on the stage, and finally for resourcefulness in forming an alliance with we, the people of the island. Along the way, Booty and the Hoofish seemed to have forgotten the treasure they sought, forgotten the plague of the undead, forgotten even the threat of the volcanoes. Instead, guided by suspicion and false assumptions, they sought to undermine the very people they had given their word to help. And then, upon discovering an inscription entreating worthy queens to seek out the legacy we protect in Dame Celia Molestrongle's tomb... With full knowledge of the deadly consequences for themselves and others, they chose to violate the clear and simple boundaries the people of the island have established. There is much I could say about this decision, and much I could say about Booty and the Hoefish's contention that the decision was made with the best interest of the Glamazons in mind. But I believe that all I could say is best summed up in their own words. I respect the nut treaties. We believe in a path to reconciliation and rehabilitation, do we not? And yet, 
What path is open to those standing here condemned? We recognize that they have provided some information regarding infernal machinations beneath the island, and for that we are grateful. And I believe some among their rank sincerely desire to do what's best for everyone confronting this common doom. But if this is indeed the case, how can we be certain that their actions will follow from their intentions? As one who believes in the power of every individual to transform themselves and their destiny, I want to believe that Booty and the Hoefish mean what they've said and have the will to carry it out. Yet, by our law, there is no means under which I can recommend clemency. The facts are the facts. And this inquiry into Booty and the Hoefish is closed. Lady Essence nods. I have consulted with the judges, but the final decision is mine alone. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> we do indeed believe in the possibility of reconciliation and rehabilitation. For hundreds of years, we have awaited worthy successors who would carry on the legacy of the legendary queens. And perhaps we will continue to wait for hundreds more. The council has spoken, but it is I alone who shall choose the method of your death. You will be flung into the sea at high tide to meet the same fate as those you abandoned. Perhaps you will survive. Perhaps you will find some way to make amends. Either you will show some sign of worth, or you will die. Either way, our obligation is fulfilled. Now, sashay away. <laughs> you are led to the top of the tower. There on the roof is a gigantic catapult adorned with intricate metal designs. The catapult faces northwest over the Ring of Islands and to the ocean beyond. The sun is setting and casts long orange shadows over the sea as you are loaded into the bowl of the catapult. You're tied together with intricate shibari knots, your hands held behind your back, your bodies all tied together in one bundle of the four of you. You stare out over the catapult at the Glamazon City below and the Ring of Fire Island beyond, there's a moment of silence. Behind you, you hear a metal slice and a hard clunk, and you are instantly flying up through the air. The Glamazon City vanishes beneath you as you arc higher and higher, and then curve down towards the water below. While we're soaring through the air, can I just, like, scream, Jean-Paul Gaultier! <laughs> you may. It's the last thing the Glamazons hear. <laughs> Everyone in the city looks up like, what was that? It's like you just sail, this little speck sails overhead. Can I attempt to loose my bonds while flying through the air? <laughs> How do you intend to do so? Um, Are you just like struggling? Well, I'm going to go on a limb here. 3.5, there's the escape artist uh, skill, which I think is related to sleight of hand for like escaping knots and ropes. Also, I've got claws. That limb is quite flimsy. The <laughs> It's a different Use, edition. Okay, using my sleight of hand skill to like loosen knots and be dexterous. Yeah, I've also got claws and horns, too. I'd give you sleight of hand. I'd let you roll sleight of hand with disadvantage, since okay. you are tied up. With the claws, yeah, I think sleight of hand on that one as well. 23. 11 total. Are we like separately tied and tied together? All of us are yeah. tied into one, so one bundle. One of us escapes. I'm at least I'm trying to loosen my hands. Essentially, is what I'm trying. The ocean grows larger and larger in your field of view, and you splash down within sight of a tall, rounded rock topped by a conical spike. The sting of the impact racks you with pain, and I'm going to roll 
2d10 damage for you. You all take 13 points of damage. You've been furiously struggling at those bonds, picking at the knots. You do know, actually, a few knots, and you know some weak points. I'll say with that 23, you feel them just slowly start to loosen as you smack into the water. And Butylene, with your 11, your claws just sort of graze the rope, and you hear a snap, snap as the ropes start to come loose. What do you do? I'm happy, I'm happy to help try and untie everybody. With yeah. I'm, feeling not, I'm feeling naughty. <laughs> I, I keep I can't I can't help but like put my arms behind my back right now, sitting in my chair, and I'm just like, what would I do? I'm glad we're not underwater because I would definitely be holding my breath. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I'm just gonna like start gnawing and trying to use my horns to like kind of pick at the ropes like around of the people like next to me, mm-hmm. and then all the while still just like uh, picking at the the ropes on my hands. Mm-hmm. While while you're working on yourself, I'm gonna try and free Freya's hands because she has shaped water and. We're in the middle of a potion. Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah, Harlot, your hands have come free. I'd let you do sleight of hand to loosen Freya. 23. Harlot, you are able to pull apart the ropes around Freya as you're bobbing there in the water. And I keep the ropes. Mm-hmm. You're holding <laughs> on to the ropes. The one item in your inventory. I really want to grab a, a fish that swims by if it's possible. <laughs> <laughs> Stealing things from King Poseidon, I never stop. Freya, you uh, can move your arms now. Um, I'm gonna try to. Um, I'm gonna shape water in the um, shape of a five by five cubic foot ice block to have us float on top of. Yeah. Okay. So you want to create just some ice under you that like lifts you up, or yeah, just you're yeah. standing on an ice, essentially an ice boat. Yeah. You make like a little raft. Yeah. Uh, and there's no role for that. Uh, oh, okay. Well, then I'm just gonna. I'm gonna you. just. Create a <laughs> five by five ice boat for us to float in can, and kick your things out. Can more than one person fit on this door? Five by five. <laughs> that that was a joke, but yeah. <laughs> Miraculously, you're all able to fit on a floating flat object. <laughs> I mean, it's not entirely. It's pretty like I'll never let go. Let's it. go. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I say since we're in the ocean, somewhere in the mid... Are we in the northeast or northwest? I'm sorry. You're in the middle of the Ring of Islands on the northwestern side, uh, floating near a large rock shaped like a narwhal. Awesome. I am still bound. I would like to point that out. (laughs) Well, now that I got Freya out, I'm waiting for my next turn. Can I try and untie your I would let you do that. Yeah, roll (laughs) I would do it, but you have massive sleight of hand. That's S-L-I-D-E. Yeah. That's a 20. I mean, would it be smart for me to... um, 12 plus 8 is 20. Kind of go down under and see if I can, like, find the merpeople and see if we can get that scepter back. Can you breathe water? Yeah. So I think I'm going to just be like, hey, I'm going to... Go find Go find folk. some things, and y'all float back to the island. Y'all will float too. <laughs> we all float up here. I would just like to point out that of all the like deathly things to be thrown into a large body of water <laughs> with Miss with Freya Ms. Love Freya in our party is like <laughs> legit the best Case possible. This is the only attempt. piece of relief that the DMs have given us this session. Because <laughs> honestly, I felt like a completely like a terrible piece of shit this entire experience. Same. Same. <laughs> so it's it's pretty I'm feeling a little feeling Attacked. A <laughs> Freya, you dive in off of the iceberg. Harlot, you are able to loosen the ropes around Arson just as you hear Thank the you. tolling of a bell. It's the sound of 
the bell from the Golden Palace that sounds at high tide whenever the sea spawn attack. Freya, as you enter the water, you find yourself surrounded by sea spawn. They are grabbing at you, cold hands holding you, grabbing your arms and pulling you down. There are hundreds of them, and a wave of sea spawn swim upward and start to grab and claw at the floating ice block, tilting it to the side, casting everyone over the edge into the ocean. You are all flailing in the water, one by one, yanked down underwater. And below the surface, you see that the water is just teeming with undead, hissing and slithering all around your bodies. Everyone feels a sharp jab in the arm. And I think we're going to leave it there. <gasps> what? <laughs> we're all turned into sea spawn and we're creating new characters. Oh my god, undead <laughs> campaign? <laughs> Hi, this is your DM, Matt. Hope you enjoyed this special two-part episode. We'll be back with an all-new episode 17 next week, January 23rd. As always, big thanks to season sponsor Russell Bloomdale. Thanks to Sam Antonioli and Major Scales for original music and Chad Sell for podcast art. Thanks to the queens, Harlot Oscara, Butelino Kipple, Arson Nikki, and Freya Love, who you can find online. If you're enjoying the show, please leave a review. That is super helpful. We have more bonus episodes and playable content that you can download for Kickstarter and Patreon backers. Head over to patreon.com slash queensofadventure to support the show and get access to that bonus content. Chat with us between episodes on Twitter and on Discord. Links to those are at queensofadventure.com. And until next time, sissy that roll.